topics and discussions. Uh, we have a very, I think, a pretty successful program every Thursday that we run out over here. And uh, uh, I was noticing, although that I was sending out the invitation to some women, nobody was coming, and I understand why. So I figured, hey, why don't we have some sort of program uh, among the women who are interested in learning uh, in the and to really learn together. And if you've ever listened to any of the tapes, you can see that it's a very much always an interactive thing. So um, we talked about doing it on Rishkodesh, and another, unfortunately, a couple of things happened. As I said, I want to start with an apology, but I had a, had a pretty difficult year. My sister died, and some other things happened. So because of that, every Rishkodesh seemed to be some other crisis happening. So I figured, let's get it Let's get it started. But why don't we introduce ourselves? I'm Avram Kivalevich. Go ahead. Leia Zetman. Hi, Leia. Zelda Benjamin. Zelda Benjamin. Sima Baron. Sima Baron. Diana Stern. Right, so Rivki Stern outside the office. Okay. Diana Stern here. Hey. Rivka Lovitz here. Hi. Avi Baron. Avi Baron. Okay, good. All right. So, um, we figured that since it's the period of the of the Sphira, um, yeah, it's, it's a gift that keeps on giving. People who please take food, please. Oh yeah, before let me just d- tell you who is who is the donator. Um, yes, one of our one of our students. Hi, please, please come in and take something, please, guys. Please take something. Um, this year is uh, dedicated. The food is dedicated to um, Eliezer Aryeb and Shmulzvi. We have a married fellow here in the in the program, um, and uh, it seems like there was a young uh, child who passed away recently in Lakewood uh, that he wants to dedicate it for her neshama as well. Devora Yuta. Bas Yeshaya. So Svi Shuk, who dedicated the, who brought the fruit from Evergreen, it's all cut up, and I just put it in the, in the containers. Okay, let's talk a little bit about, um, if I can see the board all right, let's come sit closer, because, um, okay. All right. Um, here's the way I would phrase some of these questions. I think there's a contradiction between the Torah and, and Minhag. Okay? We know what the Torah schedules these days to be about, right? The Torah says, that you're supposed to count the 49 days, the 50th day. It seems to be a build-up to an incredible event. Okay, why isn't, why the giving of the Torah is not mentioned specifically is another point. But it would seem that without any customs, if we would just look at the Torah, we'd say, well, this is a pretty exciting period. There's a holiday coming up. The counting that we're going through. Today, by the way, I think it's 24. If you're here, I think this. So right at the midpoint. Counting is supposed to lead to something great, right? You count. Sefer Achinuch says, whenever you count towards something, like a kid counts for how many days are left in school, counting is anticipation towards some great thing. Anticipation, excitement. And yet then we have uh, the minhag, the custom of mourning. Spartan or have the custom all 49 days. People come from that area. They don't cut their hair, and right, it's, it's, uh, they show signs of mourning and remorse for all forty-nine days. It seems to be a contradiction. Yes, okay. If it happened historically, there have been a lot of tragedies, the Holocaust and other things that happened, and there was a lot more than twenty-four thousand people. Yeah. Again, so please, please avail yourself of the fruit and then stuff and fine. I'm, 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 so. Plenty of tragedies have happened during this period, and yet an idea of, of, of giving 24 days, 33 days, or 49 days of mourning seems to be a contradiction between the Torah 
uh, uh, the minic is important, but it seems like where am I? Where am I? Where's where's my bearings? Am, am, I, am I getting excited for shuas, or am I mourning over the death of the students of Rabbi Akiva? That seems like it's. I have to balance two contradictory things. I think. Okay. Um, the other question is that we all know the Gemara. Again, I, I sent you the sources. We can look at the Gemara inside for a second. Why don't we just do that for a second? And let's see. Okay, here's the Gemara. That's pretty flat. Can everybody see? This is going to be a little bit tough. Can everybody see the board? Is, if you don't sit closer, I think it's going to be harder. Can, you, can, can everybody see the board Okay. Okay. We didn't have extra vision. Yes, I know, I know. My wife can see me wherever I am. I, I always know that she's, she has exactly what's going on. Um, let me see if I can get this a little larger. Okay, let's try to get, I think, Control Plus, right? Control Plus. There we go. That, that's better. Okay. So, all right. Um, here's the famous Gemara. It starts like this. Um, Actually, it's a, it's a strange remark. It's in Yavamos, which has to do with the mitzvah of Puravu, the mitzvah of who has the commandment to populate the earth. Is it men? Is it women? Is it both? Um, so, based on that discussion about the mitzvah of, of, of having children, Rabbi Shua says, Nasa Adam Yisha that even if you've had a wife when you're young, marry a wife when you're older, right? Right? That's you know, Rupert Murdoch and others I didn't know about. That DC Shabbos you can get married when you're older as well. Have children. How you children when you're younger? You have children when you're older. The idea seems to be based on this pasuk. I believe it's in Mishlei. The pasuk says that sow your seed. In the morning, but don't assume that what you've done in the beginning, in the earlier period, is going to be sufficient, because you don't know. You're not sure which one is going to be the right one, or maybe they're both going to be good, and then it's a double win. In other words, keep on being involved. The Gemara says in whatever you're doing, whether it's children, and as you can see here, the Gemara goes on. To other types of children. Did it just get smaller, by the way? No. Okay. So then the Gemara says that, how you tell me then be able to do so? If you've had students when you're younger, maybe now you just want to do research, don't do that. You will tell me to be so. Go and continue to teach no matter what, right? Remember the book is Zarafa, etc. Based on that idea, as you can see, oh, did I skip something? No, I skipped Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva Omar, Lomatar Bialduso, Yomatar Bizikanuso, keep on learning. Of course, Rabbi Akiva famously started this learning when he was 40. Um, keep on learning even in old age. If you had students, keep having those students, as we said before. Based on that statement, the Mara says, Twelve thousand pair, which is where we get twenty-four thousand. Again, I'm not sure exactly where that is, but I'm sure it was a that you could have lined them up and they were all from one city to another. You could probably line up the 24,000 and, uh, and that would be like a, a big row of students. They all died in one period. 
because, because now this everybody knows this. That's the statement from the Gemara. And what do you think the world was about? The world was empty. Like Shamama, the world, like Ashablu, similar word. So Rabbi Akiva didn't give up. Rabbi Akiva went and he was able to foster some new students. And he taught them. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shumala. The first three, the first four, actually, you probably can't um, go two or three pages in any Sechta uh, and not encounter those names. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon is a little bit less common, but those four are almost on every page of a Gemara. The hey main midutzayra oyseshul. They all died from Pesach. Atzeres, of course, is the Talmudic name for the holiday of Shavuos. Amar Rav Bar Abba, Vitemar Kli Bar Avin, Kula Meisu Misaroa. They died terribly. Those of you that have taken care of parents or had, had your own situations in hospitals and others, you know there's a, there's deaths and there's deaths. Chazal tell you that they died in the worst possible way. You probably was. Mayi, Amar of Nachman Asker. Asker is usually uh, translated as, as diphtheria. I don't know. I, I, I know that um, it's, you can't breathe. It's a very uh, ugly and terrible disease. So that's the Gemara. Okay, that's the Gemara. So um, there's a lot of issues, but I want to focus in on a couple of things. Which is I tried to use the whiteboard, but here we go. It's a right? We'll see we'll understand what that word means. But if it means they didn't respect each other, they didn't they weren't nice to each other, they would play practical jokes on each other, they would gossip about each other. They right, they right, they didn't care for right, right. So I guess the question would be, what we know, we all know. Uh, you probably heard the song. You have to reyecha kamocha. Remember that song, right? That's Rabbi Kiva's statement. He says zeklal gadol We just had in last week's parsha, parsha's kedoshim. You have to reyecha kamocha. Zeklal gadol That's what Rabbi Kiva stood for. Isn't it strange that if you're a Rabbi Kiva student, that that's something that you didn't do, right? It would seem like hey, that's number one, right? That's that's the way you get your badge of being part of the Akiva school. That's what we're about. And it was his students that were the ones that weren't able to to actually fulfill that to the point that they that they deserve it of death. So there are some that actually theorize that Akiva only said that after they all died. After you all died, then he said, I, I was wrong. I wasn't stressing that. That's a possibility. But it is strange. It is strange. Um, the other thing is, just historically, we, we know what our numbers are. People say that there are more people learning yeshiva, in yeshivas today. There are more people in Kailum today. There are more people in Torah today than there's ever been since, since Sinai, since the history of man. The just the population explosion itself. Like Ponovich has, I don't know, four thousand 
Mir has 4,000. Lakewood, four or 5,000, right? And you, you put all those numbers together, wow! And, 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 and the population of the earth, of course, is much larger than it has been. And the Jews have, have a tremendous population. And how much Torah is going on? But so you have to say the time of, 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 of the Mishnah, 24,000 students? That is such an incredible amount. How did you? Where did they have a building big enough? Like with this Gevas Antiparis, mean like they had like a whole bunch of buildings and Rebekiva. It's it's it's, it's mind boggling. Twenty four thousand students. It sounds like it's counterintuitive, right? We know Rebekiva was this great genius. How many people? Twenty four thousand. Think of a great genius who was a great thinker. Um, uh, in the last right? again, I don't know. I mean. Wittgenstein, right? Leo Strauss, right? Think about people in the 20th century who were who were, who were considered great teachers. Did any of them have anything approaching that amount before the world, before the period of, of, of internet, and and you were able to spread ideas in, in a mass way? Twenty four thousand sounds, as we say in Hebrew, mugza, sounds completely off. Twenty four thousand students, wow. Um, and I guess. The other thing is, you know, before we get to the uh, the other two, is okay. Let's say they 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 weren't such nice guys. Death, right? Let's talk about them. they're all going to die in the worst possible way. Not again. Not about you. They 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 came to the Kodesh Whatever they did, they were drunk. They were uh, they they didn't they didn't do it properly. Okay, that maybe we can understand. They came very close to the Kodesh HaKadoshim was where, where the fire of God was. But these are, if they're just people they're learning, all right, where Bekiva should have perhaps known about it, kicked them out, maybe changed them, but that they should all die. Let's think about the, the result of 24,000 people dying at that time. Now, you know, there's a lot of people who, who claim descendants, who claim that Rashi is their ancestor. Are you aware of that? And, and people have done genealogy and shown that Rashi today, that there was, you know, there's you know, perhaps a million people who are descendants of Rashi. Okay. Uh, Rashi, of course, was a great, one of our great, greatest rabbis. There's probably a million Jews who could claim descendants from Rashi. Now, doesn't mean that Rashi had particularly propagated so many right, so many children. It's just that that's the way it works. Imagine if those twenty four thousand would have lived and continued to have active lives and would have had more children, like the Gemara says. Can you imagine how many more Jews we would have if those you take those twenty four thousand and die? Right, that that was not just a dent of twenty four thousand at the time. It was a. It really probably created an impact of, of again, unless you believe in the theories of you know, Thomas Malthus and others, it, you were talking about a huge hole, not in just in those times, but in our times as well. When God decided, if it was from God, to inflict death upon them, then that wasn't just a, as we say in Yiddish, a clop for that time. It resonates today that we're probably missing. Can you imagine who we're missing from that time? People speak about the Holocaust. They speak about that all the time. From the six million Jews that died, right? What's missing now? When we have to keep on keeping the world going. Okay, we don't know what God's what's it about, but it seems to be so severe 
severe to the point that there's probably no other punishment that we could even think that that's comparable. I don't know if you've thought about these questions before, but they're, they're very troubling. I, I appended to the email a letter in Hebrew from my old Chavrusa. Uh, have anybody here Michalah? Anybody Michalah person here? Okay. The head of Michalah's son was my Chavrusa for a number of years. And he wrote me a letter about this topic and how much it bothered him. And he has a number of theories, and, and I tried to respond to him. But it's a very, very difficult one. And I guess the last two things are, um, why doesn't Shuas have any mitzvahs, right? <laughs> and what are we supposed to work on during Sphira? So there's a couple of different theories as to... Uh, I, I want to tell you two possible theories. I'm, gonna, you know, I'm just going to go with one theory, and then I'm going to tell you what I think is an approach that I think I can live with. I'm not sure, and I, I've opened up to discussion because, well, I'm just, I'm just trying to present an idea. Here's a theory that a lot of people like. It's a theory that's based on, let's go back to the email for a second. famous historical documents that has been preserved for us post-Talmudic. It's from Rashi Ragon, the Gaonim. It's a letter that he wrote again, this gets into a whole history class about who the Gaonim were and what their purpose was. Part of what they were trying to do was to keep the Torah alive in places that were very far away from them and sending answers the exilarite, that's, the exilarite that's called, that they controlled things out of modern-day Iraq. They were the Gaonim. And Shiragon was, was was considered one of the most prolific of the Gaonim. And he wrote letters to people about questions. And someone asked him a question, please give us a history of the rabbis and tradition. That's the letter, the epistle of Shiragon. So Shiragon's letter talks about Rabbi Akiva. And look what word he says here. Okay. Hmm. So instead of saying askara, do you see that word shid mem dalad aleph? Shmad. Shasa shmad. Does that is that term familiar to everybody? Anybody? The shasa shmad, right? So shasa shmad means a period of oppression, a period that people, or like we talk about a mishumit, somebody who's giving up his Judaism because somebody was forcing him to convert to Christianity. Shmad, shmod. That means it wasn't, according to Rashiragon, the tradition that he had was not that they all died um, out of this terrible death punishment, but it was brought upon them by external forces. Gentile forces, Roman forces, forces that were searching them out. And from here, from this little hint, grew an incredible idea 
that maybe, and then we looked up, you know, then you have the famous Gemara and Gitin and in other places, the Rabbi Akiva was a supporter of the rebellion, right? The rebellion, which happened 40 years approximately after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. There was a Bar Kokhba, Ben Koziva, um, right? Bar Kokhba, as he was called. That was the, 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 the nickname that he was given. Dorach Kochem Yaakov, the son of the star, the the mess, the new Mesh- the Mashiach, and and the truth was is that of course he was extremely successful. He was able to build this incredible garrison city and 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 and, and hold it. And they actually had Jerusalem for a while, and they minted coins. That was that, you know, the city I'm talking about. Of course, is Beitar. Beitar is right. right? It's uh, I think it's like the look. It's the um, the most impressive soccer team in Eretz Yisrael, I think, is, comes out of Beitar because they go at, right? Beitar is all about fighting and Beitar is all about, you know, really being tough and not giving up. And of course, that was Bar Kokhba. Bar Kokhba, uh, the, the, the Bar Kokhba revolt was to actually restore. And they printed coins that we have from that period, which means that they were in control. In fact, they even had Yerushalayim for a short period. And we know Rabbi Akiva the uh, the Rambam says he was the no say caliph. He actually was supporting his war efforts. Uh, the Gemara says that others disagreed with Rabbi Akiva, but now once you have this little hint, so people say, you know what was going on here? This was the twenty four thousand. They weren't just students sitting in a base medrash with the white jerks and arguing with each other, and you know, and mit finger That's that was what was going on. These guys were fighters. Right? The Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva were actually soldiers. These were people, and it wasn't Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva of, come on, ever come on, we've got to go learn now. It was people who were he- listening to his call of support for, let's rebel against Rome. Aha. And therefore, the 24,000 was really the, uh, uh, was really the, uh, the, the, the soldiers who actually went into battle. And that's why and that's why they were attacked and searched out and anybody who was an Akivanik was somebody who was right somebody who was considered uh, uh, disloyal to the government uh, and maybe that's also why Rabbi Kivo the Gemara says he was put into prison and, and, and tortured for teaching Torah but once this theory started to become popular, and, and it became very popular among many many writers, again, I, I, a different class, I can, or another time I can tell you the history of how this idea developed. It became very, especially in, in Zionistic and, and, and in circles in Eretz Yisrael, became a very, very popular idea. Even to the point that people said that that's what the famous statement in Pirkei, in, in Haggadah Shopesach, remember? That there was Hamisha, that they were sitting in, in Bnei Brak, and they were and they were osik bitzias mitzrayim kolosa halayla, meaning the rabbis, the older rabbis, were just thinking about the past. It was all that terrible night of korban and destruction, and they were thinking, "Oh, can God save us? Let's think about what our past is." Then Achavo Talmidei, I'm writing to the students, came and said, "Rebbe, higia kriyash mashal shachris. You need to actually talk about the new life. You need to talk about the future. All right? And they were actually the ones, like Rabbi Kiva's 24,000, who were out there and saying, we can't just, the past was great, but we have to make our own future and join the rebellion. That's, this is this an idea. You hear it often. I don't know if you've heard it before. And it sort of answers, in a, in a way, the 24,000. And it would mean, however, that the Gemara is sort of like a... Uh, the Gemara is really the phony description, sort of like the straw man or the deceptive description. 
because perhaps we don't want the Romans to know, so therefore we, we, it, it was written in a very um, cryptic language. I heard that the cryptic aspect of the Gemara uh, from Rav Aaron Salvechik, you might have, it's Rav Yoshebir's brother, he actually spoke to me once about it. He said that's the idea of Askara. They couldn't breathe because they were, when you can't, when, when your freedom is being taken away, you feel like you can't breathe, you feel like you're being crushed. But it was all a muscle to a certain idea. That, that's a theory about that. Then I guess that puts it, and then you sort of have to wonder though, but if they all died, what does that mean? That we shouldn't have supported Bar Kokhba? Well, what is, it's, it, it's sort of a quandary if that's really what it's about. Um, it, it's very inventive, and again, Sadi Shurigong has some, you know, it's not, you can't deny it does say that was a shmad, but I, I'd like to suggest something else to you. Um, and it really comes from, uh, it comes from an idea uh, that I saw in uh, in the sources that I brought here from the Abbe Nazar. Um, see if this will, I'm up there. It's going to be hard to do, let's see. Uh, okay. Um, Um, can everybody see this all right? Let me try to make it a little larger. I'm not sure if this was... A, when I took I took this picture about uh, four or five years ago, I didn't know if it was available online anywhere. I think you can see it now, right? Okay. This is um, from a saver called Noos Desha. Um, and on the bottom it says Ksav Yad. I'm not sure what city or who wrote the Ksav Yad. But this is from a manuscript of, of, of someone who had written down what he heard from um, the uh, this was from the great Avni Nezer of Avram Bornstein who was known as the Sochotrova Rebbe he was the son-in-law of the Kotzke Rebbe anyway he was considered an incredible genius a great teacher um, among the Hasidim people felt he could rival the greatest Lithuanian scholars so he says the following uh, this was um it's interesting, he says, when it comes to Sphira, lo amrinan shomea ka'ona. We don't say that I can do the bracha, for example. The is not relevant, I'm sorry. The counting. And let's say you want me to count for you, it doesn't work. Normally, I make Kiddush for you, right? A person can make Kiddush or whoever it is. You can bench for someone. Oh, I'm hearing it, okay. When it comes to counting, the is you have to be able to do it yourself. Which is interesting because if you even if you say it's articulate, why is it different than making kiddush or reading the Megill or anything like that? Hatam. The reason is Sphira is a very individual aspect. Every single one of us has a mitzvah that means something and is unique and very special to us. Maybe for some people it's teaching Torah, learning Torah, some people it's tzitzis, some people it's shatnas, some people it's tzedakah. Who knows? Some people it's putting up makas, some people it's putting up mezuzahs. Everybody has a mitzvah that specifically means something to you. Now, you're not just going to this big place where we're all the same, 
but you're going to a place that's uniquely for yourself. Look, and you've got to find your spot, your mitzvah, the thing that means it stands for you. You're going to do all the mitzvahs. You can't just pick and choose. But there's some that's really the mitzvah for you. That's that's where you live. That's where you thrive. That's where you're inventive. That's where it, it permeates your being. That's where you want to know. You just want to find out about it. That's the mitzvah for you. Maybe it's a bunch of mitzvahs, but it's a certain section that's you and nobody else. Okay. <laughs> the whole idea of Svira is individualistic. And you've got to work on yourself to figure out what are you about. Purifying who you are. What is it that you stand for? What is it that elevates you? What is it that, that motivates you? What is it that you are about? To go back to what your source is. Okay. I do it on your own. If someone else is not counting for you, when someone else counts, you say, oh, I heard it, okay. When you say it, you're thinking and you're doing something within yourself. What is that would happen during this period? What does that mean, kavod? Kavod doesn't mean I love you. is we're all the same. is <laughs> look. I wouldn't want to happen to me. Look, group hug. It's very vanilla and it's very beautiful. It's not individualistic. That's not what kavod is. Kavod is sometimes connected to the word kaved, which is weight. Weight is unique and distinct. Kavod is what makes you you. I know what I'm about. Okay, let's say let's say a certain fellow. I have a good memory. I have a good idea for details. I put things around. I'm not so great at inventing stuff, but I can organize things. I can put them like in a color-coded thing. I've got it. I don't have like the big grand vision or I don't have the connection between this and something else, but I know what I'm good at. I'm very good at that. I'm not, by the way. But let's say somebody is. And then the, and, but you have to recognize you have something. The other guy is a great abstract thinker connecting things you wouldn't even think are the same point. And together you make a tremendous team. And you have to know that. You have to know that I am not so great at that. I know what I'm good at and I work at that. And I have to recognize you, not that we're all the same. I know what you have that I don't have. Now that's You have to own up to that. You have to realize, I'm this, you're that. Together we can maybe work out, maybe we can't work out. But I know what it is that you're about and I recognize that and I make you feel special about what it is. I don't just say, oh, he's a great guy. Oh, she's very able. Oh, she, she's very smart. Oh, he's he's wonderful. Oh, he's amazing. He's tremendous. Yeah, I remember when I first met my daughter from Eric's show. He's amazing. He's amazing, your son. He's amazing, right? Okay, what is he? He's amazing. What does that mean, right? You must have amazing parents too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep on saying it. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you mean. 
A lot of times we, we resort to that to show that we care, but we don't really give respect to the person unless we zero in about what that, we haven't even thought about it. The truth is, is that cults work in a similar way. Great big thousands and thousands of people, megachurches and cults and things, they work out by squashing individuality. That's how it happens. We're all part of it. You have certain mantras everybody repeats, people dress in a certain way, and it's all love, right? You don't take the time to have thorny discussions about things the way you look at it, the way I look at it. You don't try to come to the table with a completely different perspective. It's really all about Ava. Ava, we're all one. And all those other differences get glossed over. So based on this, and of course, uh, I would like to suggest that the 24,000 that, that, that occurred... It happened because they took Vahavta to an extreme. When you take that idea to an extreme, what you end up doing is, okay, you get a lot of people. Let's say, we're all great. Come on, you're part of it too. Come on, join it, join it. Yeah, go everybody. And all of a sudden, there's 24,000 Talmudim. But what do you sacrifice through that? You sacrifice sharpness. You sacrifice differences. Maybe, they, of course, they studied. But it wasn't the same type of study. It was a study that was in the sense, oh, I really like you and I care for you. But did you really fight with the guy and get to his throat till you've both figured it out? The idea would remain vague. 24,000 students who were studying in, in such a manner, Rabbi Kiva was the, was the king of Torah Shabbat. If those 24,000 would have lived, we wouldn't have the Torah that we have today. What we would have had is a very vanilla Torah. We wouldn't have the Torah of there's the Chassidish way of doing it, there's the Lithish way of doing it. Even within the Gemara, there's a way of, there's Pilpul, there's a, there's a Pilish Shachap, there's, there's a more analytic approach, there's a more encyclopedic approach. All these approaches are beautiful. And the reason why they're beautiful is because there's strong people who are fighting for that. And there's students who are listening and hearing and deciding. But the idea to coat everyone with the same brush, that we should all just, in lockstep, just continue to follow in a certain way, bonded by this great Ava, it would have, what would happens from there is the Torah would have been very big. It's, it's very easy to become part of the Torah world, but that Torah world doesn't have a vibrancy and a strength. And I would, I would suggest that it wouldn't have kept us alive. What kept people alive in Torah was that it was so fascinating, incredibly interesting, it was so variegated. Is that wherever you look, there was a machlokas. The students of Rabbi Akiva, Rav Meir, Rabbi Yossi, Rav Shimon, Rabbi Yudah, just take those four. They have personalities that burst out of the page. Rabbi Yossi upbraids the, the, the Gnosis. He says, you think I'm taking a backseat to Yehuda? Yehuda's the, the one who always talks. He's the one who's, who's close with the government. Rav Shimbrechai is the one who says, no, we're not, we're not connected to them. Rav Shimbrechai is involved in mysticism. He has a different approach in general. They have fundamental debates about what does it mean a malach on Shabbos? What does it mean when you do something and something else happens? A fundamental debate about what actions mean and what's more important, actions or intent. They're fundamental issues, and, and, and sometimes we pass them like one, and sometimes we pass them like the other. It makes us more intelligent, even trying to figure them out. 
But what it did for the Torah was it actually created a Torah that was alive and could also be malleable for different situations. A Torah that's vague and all-inclusive to the point that there's no kavod. That's a Torah that's really it sounds good. It makes a good sound bite, and, and you know, and, 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 and when people see it, they say, "Oh, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it? Don't people, the Jews and their Torah, it's such a beautiful life-affirming ideas, and they all love each other and they care for each other, and what they study is about." people would hear a tape recording of, of, of what goes on in the base medrash and learning, the way that boys which should happen, they're screaming at each other you know what you're talking about, right? going, finding a source and running and showing them, it's arguing and it, right, that's really what it's about that's what the, that's what I would assume the great companies are also about are about coming to the table with a very strong opinion, having a lot of respect and knowing that, oh, he's, he's better than me in this but let's hear him out and then figure out what works. Maybe something works in one period it doesn't work for the other. Um, and that's what he says, the, the Avnei Nezer. He says that, <laughs> is this for yourself. Because you have something that's unique for you. Now this, again, this, based on this, you can see all the other pieces are really of a similar ilk. Um, like where he says the following. Um, can everyone see the second paragraph there? Shavuos to Yomtev Kosher Mi'od. That's a tough Yomtev Shavuos. I said before, there's no mitzvah, right? In the base of Mikdash, they brought the Shtei Alechem, there were certain Karbonas. Where's my lulav? Where's my esra? Right? What do I have? Cheesecake? Like, well, what's my mitzvah here? Right? Staying up all night, walking around, and going to a shir. By the way, I'm against that. By the way, I'm against people staying up all night. I think it's for mystics. It's okay. From Kubon, for people who are the idea of like just having shiur and then being a zombie for two days doesn't make much sense to me. I'm. I'm that's. I've been fighting this battle for many years. I was a rabbi. And I tried to fight it, and I sort of got my community behind me, but even then I wasn't successful. But it really it really isn't. That's not what she was about. She was not about staying up all night. That's not about staying up. Especially, you know, staying up to the point that, you know, that you're waking up and you, know, you can learn a lot more, believe me, not by staying up all night. But anyway, it's a very hard yantif. Why is it a hard yantif? So Kikola whisper la atzmo. You have to find out what you're about. In other words, the sphere of is about finding yourself as an individual. The students of Rebekiva died because they actually didn't do that. Their death, whether it happened in one period or over a long time, it was sending us a message, the fact that they died between Pesach and Truist, about what we should be working on. What are you about? When you're doing sphere, what, what makes you you? What's your approach? What's your mitzvah? What's your mental attitude? What, your whole total package. It starts with the mind, of course, but it's a mind, body, heart. That's what, what are you about? That's how you prepare yourself. And if you don't, you're not going to get it. Shruis is about figuring out, it's, it's the culmination, it's Hamish Yom, it's all those days together. This period is a time for us to, you know, it's, you know, the weather has changed, it's spring a little bit. It's also time to, we want to look outward, but we want to look inward and figure out what is it that makes us who we are. What should we be doing with our lives mentally? What is the mitzvah that, that we should be stressing? 
And however we prepare, that's the type of shuas you're going to get. Now, Vinayzer has an interesting point, which I'm not going to show you because we'll run out of time. But he says, we all know, uh, you've heard the Pasuk, Vayichan Yisrael Keneged Ahar. Right? That's what it says on the Rosh Chodesh Sivan. They all camped by the mountain. And everybody knows Rosh Rashi and Chazal. Ke'ish Echad, remember? Belev Echad. Now, when did that happen? Rosh Chodesh. Not on, not before Mount Torah. So the Amenezer actually says, that doesn't mean Achdus gets thrown out the window, but there's more than Achdus. It's more than just we all came to the mountain together, we all with one heart. Then there was the individual work that for the next six days till they got the Torah. There's Midrashim that, uh, that say that everyone got a different crown. 600,000 angels came out and gave everybody a different crown. It wasn't like one big crown that we all had, but it was everyone in a sense had their own Torah their own sense of the revelation. Achdus is important. He actually takes it a step further. I don't know if I... This, I think, is pushing the envelope. But his, his son, Rav Shmuel Bornstein, says the three months... He says there's three months that the sphere happens in. He says there's the there's Nisan, Iyer, and Sivan. Nisan, he says, he says the sheep. Sheep are very... There's a group mentality about sheep. Again, Aries, the ram, it's basically the sheep. It's a group mentality. It's all about the community. He says the bull, which of course is, if you, you know, this is Taurus the bull, that's the, that's the, uh, that is the, uh, um, zodiac sign for, um, for ear. He says there, he says the Gemara talks about how the bull's horns are very variegated and separate. They don't, it's, 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 it, that's an individualistic month. Ear is about individualism. And we know that uh, Sivan is, uh, is Gemini, which is the twins, which is both together, both aspects. He says, there's got to be a combination. You can't just be all about me. But he says, most of Sphira happens during Ear, when it's about the individual finding out like that bullhorn that's you can't use for a chauffeur because it's got all these different levers. It's in the email. You'll see it. It's one of the sources I brought. That's what this month is about. And that way, I think, again, I, you know, I think this approach, it's a tough approach to hear. People don't like hearing it. But as the uh, as the years have gone on, I've become more convinced. It's the only way I can really make sense of why they should have died. In fact, they died for a great cause. They died because to give us the Torah that we have. Had they been around, we wouldn't have had this Torah. And, 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 and we consider them great men. We don't consider them evil. But it was <laughs> their deaths, in a sense, were, were necessary to bring the point home about what we should, we should be doing. Okay, that's basically it. Now, as the food's got to be eaten. So <laughs> while you're munching on some of the food, if you want to schmooze or talk or if you have an objection I said I started this off by saying and the whole speech is about the whole thing is about interaction and disagreement so what do you want to say go Diana it means to give not necessarily. The I understand. That's what Hirsch so says. That the hafta means to give. So right. When, if we think about that, our whole point of, of our being alive is chesed to emulate the midah of Hashem of chesed. That the hafta lerech is epitomizing. Okay. So, if you think 
what can I give my friend that I would want to receive? That's just my... Okay, so Diane is asking, or Rifki's asking, that we know that Vahavta, as Rav Hirsch and others have said, is related to the word yahav, which is the Aramaic word of giving. It's not just like, I love, like something that you like, something that you want to contribute to. People who love each other give to each other. They don't just like the fact that the person is in their lives. It's not just the sense of feeling. That's correct, and I, I, I don't disagree with that. However, I think the, 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 the stress, I believe, is on kamocha. Vahavta reyacha kamocha. Meaning, you use... I mean, you, you don't step out of yourself. You give to that person without the kavod of recognizing that they're different than you. Kamocha means your whole frame of reference is, well, he's like me. This is what I would like. Can you imagine getting presents, you know? And again, I've got, I've given my wife presents, and she said, well, this is what you would like. You know what I'm saying? This is the type of present you would like. Well, it's not a present for me, right? Like, I, give, I get her bathrobes. Like, you know, I find these bathrobes. You like wearing robes. I don't like you wearing them. Okay, I thought this would look nice on you. you I mean, but think about what I want, right? So, the hafta l'reyafa kamocha is really the, the problem. Giving to others is important. Chesed is important. I think it was the kamocha part that they took too far. Right? Okay, give to you, right? Especially, you know, anyone else? Well, it's very subtle. So it's, I guess it's something that you have to be very sensitive about. And when, like, the Torah is such a large thing, and obviously so to look at it as individuals would be something that... It is hard. You know, but then again, Hashem created us all so differently. Right. And intentionally, obviously, if we were all just robots doing the same thing, then it would be, then the theory of the, the 24,000 students would work. Right, right but... I, I I suggest that God did us like I said it was it would have worked but I I believe we would have been different I I, I you wouldn't have had the arg you know what they say two Jews three opinions you would that would have been missing the thing that the thing that we love about ourselves uh, again you know, the word Talmudic has been you know since the experiment been bastardized and taken out of what it really means it's like well, hair splitting but what it's really about is being able to play with different possibilities and. And again, we have a certain sharp humor that, that goes along with it. Because if you don't take, you know, actually, you stop taking yourself so seriously. And that allows argument to, to happen. People the, in the cults where it's all one thing, so, oh, you can't disagree. Actually, you know, we have a tradition which is built on how great disagreements are and how incredible it is. That's that's what we train the yeshivas to do is to actually figure out all the subtle differences in the different approaches. Now, again, what are we supposed to do? Actually, it's also difficult to know. You're right; it is a subtle thing, but it's 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 it, 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 it forces us to be variegated and different, and then figuring out a path of going forward. You know, it, it's interesting how the Arizal said that today we pass him like Beisila, but when the Mashiach comes, we're going to pass him like Beishama. So that sort of shows you that things. There's an approach for a certain period. We didn't forget about Shabbat. <laughs> We've got it covered because when we study him, we understand him, and, and people will say, that, "Why do we?" Didn't, you know, many people argue when they when they don't want to study Gemara or study things. They say, "Why do I have to study this?" I mean, just tell me what I need to do. What do I need to hear about these different opinions for? 
And of course, that's really what builds you as a human being. But it also means those opinions are relevant, and they will, and, and, they, and they still are around. They aren't. They aren't even just some intellectual point. They actually could be relevant, and, and we can actually download them and use them in a different period. So I think that's all. I think we're on the same page yes, as yes. far as that yeah, goes, yeah. right? I think if people would hear this more, I think that it's tough to hear. Death is always tough to hear. But what other answers? Again, the fruit's got to be eaten. So you can, this, I'll, I'll avert my eyes. We'll <laughs> take some of the fruit. Have you heard any other good approaches? Anybody? I mean, what I what I started it wasn't anything new, right? Was this something that? I mean, you probably had similar questions, right? All of you answered some questions like, "What's going on with?" With the sphere and everything like that, that the uh, and that the death of the students. I mean, it's a very, very you know. And if it was the Romans, then what about you know, the wives and the children and everyone else? Why just something? In other words, why why are why is it only the men who are fighting? Okay, okay. So it could be they were zeroing in on the soldiers. You know, the idea was you know like Sherman's march. You know, burn their you know. Kill the men, you know. The women will just, you know, throw throw it and not do anything. It could have been, you know, a targeted approach. Uh, the Romans are trying to attack specifically them, but that that could have been what was going on. And yeah, yeah, sure. Um, okay, so if it's so important, Canisphera, and you know all of the character traits and the seven and the seven and all that stuff. So why aren't women supposed to count? The wrap-up? We are supposed to. Count. I was told that we're not. supposed no, I tell you your okay, you okay? So yeah, okay. This was the part of the share that I didn't prepare again, which is women's unique group connection. I I didn't want this to make this a women's share, by the way. I wanted it to be the same share I would give to everybody. Because that's <laughs> Thank whatever, you. right? Yeah. So I, I I didn't womanize the share. Gave a couple. Of, I told you about like, being a bad. What? What? Okay. Okay. But hang on. But okay. But there is a unique. You're, you're correct. There are a lot of subtle uh, halachic and other s- sources that put women's connection to sphere in a very big way. And Shulchan Aruch already says that women have a custom not to do malacha during sphere, during the until sphere somewhere occurs, which means that women. Wait, who's doing that? Right. They're not. In other words, till the count sphere. That's like. They're not, they're not doing oh. work, right? They, they, dark. Oh, until, until they count. Until they count, right. And if you know what, if you imagine a, a period before washing machines and other devices, every home, the women were working terribly hard, right? Men were coming home, the women were cleaning and preparing. Sphira, there was this idea of women not, and I love, you've seen that, where women don't do malacha till Sphira occurs. What's with that, right? What's their connection specifically to the sphere of Um The issue of why women wouldn't be connected to sphere of Selmer has to do with another question about the, the meta issue of mitzvah tasei shahazman brahma, the mitzvah that is time bound. Right? So is sphere of a mitzvah that's time bound or not? Um, we know, again, women don't have to, uh, to take a rule of an estrogen. Right? They don't have to sit in the sukkah. All these are mitzvahs because, yes. But it just seems this is very growth-oriented and very important to like build up to that phase. So the thing that women, just because it's time-bound, are not like 
You know what I'm saying? Okay, so you're saying that they should have gotten this because of because of like the Amnesia and like what I'm saying, how important this mitzvah is. How can we take contemplation of growth of what makes you you away right. from you? How, exactly. how, how, if it's so important, why shouldn't everybody be part of it, not just the men? You got I, it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is always the problem when you, you know, you're dealing with these. You know, you, you build up a mitzvah. Well, watch the mitzvah of the Shemot. I mean, we talk about sukkah being so. Let's talk about sukkah for a second, right? You're with God, and you're you're in God's shadow, and you're understanding how wonderful it is. So why why are, why are women not doing that, right? The rule of an extra. You could you your your question could actually do all the cooking. Good, right? Any sort of right. And of course, women can again. Women, the, the remez seems to be women have to, seem to have a, a strong connection to Sphero. So, like you said, I, you have to do the research to figure out. Some say that it's not really called a mitzvah as a shazman problem. The reason is, is because it never really says uh, this. It says you should count from this day after, but it's not about the calendar day. It's about the fact that you bring the. A mitzvah shazman grama means because it's this calendar day, the counting must occur. That's not what Sphiris Omer is about. Sphiris Omer gets kicked in because a carbon was brought. Because a, a carbon, a carbon minichel was brought on the second day of Pesach, that's why counting has to happen. But it's not because on the 15th day, go into a sukkah. On the first day, blow a shofar. That's Zman Grama. Here, the carbon kicks it off. If there's no carbon, really, according to most postkim, sphere is not even from the Torah anymore. That's why people count as soon as the sun goes down. So sphere has taken a, a, a dive anyway. So I'm going to argue the following. I believe that sphere is not a mitzvah, and women are involved in it, and actually were. Um, I, 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 was, I was cleaning up this room, so I didn't have time to... Right. But I, I found, um, and again, you guys can believe I'm, I'm not trying to Thank keep you here longer, but I did find uh, um, years ago a source that said that the reason why women do, uh, don't do malacha is because they were the ones that were involved with the students of Rabbi Akiva. In other words, it was either in their deaths, they were the ones that understood the magnitude of their deaths more. I can send it. Now that I have all your emails, I'll send you that source. It's from the Shavuot Alekin. And it's a very moving type of idea. And it could be they comprehended on a deep level what was going on. Um, so uh, my feeling is, is that like all these big ideas, learning about them doesn't stop you from doing them. Right? In other words, now that you know what it's about, so I would say, yeah, use it. Use the... When you were when you were a girl, were you, did you count Sarah while you were a girl? I didn't grow up religious, so okay. that'd be a no. <laughs> okay. Did you guys count Sarah? I did. Right. Yeah. I remember my kids. You know, my daughters too. You know, they, what they Sarah is they count. I think Sarah is pretty. You know, it's, it's a pretty common thing. But I have heard this because I grew up counting with a bracha, but my husband's family doesn't let uh, the women make a bracha. Right. Yeah. No one really heard one year and doing it. Okay. Is your husband Sfardi? Is your husband Sfardi? What? He's Chassidic. So, 
it has to do with Lusha. I think it's. I know women also did a lot of chassidish women don't fast. They don't. Okay. So that I think I, I think things. I think women not fasting had to do with fertility issues about their their oh, nursing so children, their I, taking I care of children. I thought the fever was like we're coddling you because we don't expect you to get through all forty nine, so you shouldn't even start. Okay, there you're right. There there That's are what it like to me. okay, and you're you're correct that if you look in the Mishnah Brewer and other places, they say ah, women don't get them started. They're probably not going to know the number. There are a lot of, if you, again, I, I'm not going to, yeah, thank you, I'm not going to, anything. there are sources that seem to say that there's an illiteracy and the women, we don't live in that period anymore. There are sources that talk about women's, uh, the depth of women's illiteracy, and they say it's not worth for them to count because they're probably going to lose the track anyway and things like that. And, and when you see those sources, you got to be honest that they aren't phony they reflected a whole different time period. Even this tableau, even this tableau today, it just happened, would have been almost unthinkable a hundred years ago. I'm sitting here, you know, a Rosh Kolel, a Rosh Spanish, and I'm giving you a shear, and we're using this to, 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 to women in. The whole thing is, but, 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 but I'm not going to stick my head in the ground and say we're, we're still living 150 years ago. Those sources are there. And and that reflected light there, but yeah. I'm happy to move beyond. Yeah. Just one more question. Um, but so then, if women are not supposed to, then what are we supposed to be doing to tap into it? Then? No, no. I think it's not that they're not supposed to. They weren't doing it. Doesn't mean they weren't supposed to. There's many. There's many uh, mystical uh, sources that say. Again, I, I I don't know how much you want to believe in it, but that sometimes being commanded to do something is because otherwise your nature would be too wild to be able to be harnessed. And sometimes when you actually act out of a non-command, you're actually acting more honestly and, and more realistically. Okay. So it's possibly that doing something, even though, well, we're not really commanded to do it, but you actually have come to the understanding. I mean, there's a beautiful, again, if you make the bracha or you don't make the bracha, the ability to, to work on yourself as an individual and know what makes you you is is, is, is an incredible thing. If we sometimes you need a lot of time to do that. I, I, I'll just end with this point. A lot of people uh, in my age are dealing with job loss and other things, and part of the problem is is that they just grab the next thing. They grab the next thing that's available. Sometimes you need to actually ask yourself, what is it that I'm good at? What is it that I'm about? What is it? Where's my area to grow? It's not just going to just shunt into something else. I think these are not only is it important for Torah, it's important for being a human being and, and for making the important decisions you need to make in your life for your own happiness. And, and so you shouldn't be frustrated uh, in what you're doing. Kavod is about really recognizing your own kavod and others. Thanks. So what do you think? I think, I think it went okay. Maybe we'll, so, so maybe we'll do this again. Rivka was talking about it once a month. I, I'm open. No, I'm sort of like a. That sounds good. Yeah. Maybe you like Rosh Chodesh. Can I leave you Rosh Chodesh? I was ready for every week. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Mitzvah Shem. So I tell you, Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Then, okay. Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Okay. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for coming. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah, I had beer too. Look. Beer. Non-discriminatory. It is non-discriminatory. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, thank you. Okay.
Here too, look. But. Beer, not discrimination. It is.